Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. And good morning. Hey, thank you for the four of you that are there. (laughs) Thank you, guys. And thank you uh, for being here today, moms. We're so glad you're here. Happy Mother's Day. I'm John Adams, lead pastor at The Vine, and just grateful for you all and grateful to come together and continue our study in God's wonderful word. You know, this is Mother's Day, and I want to honor all of you moms who are here and, um, and online and that you would know the, the grace of our Lord Jesus in a powerful way. Especially, I have two moms in mind, too, that I want to bless and remember. The two that have transitioned in my life, my mom and my, my wife, Lizanne, her mom, Mama Devi, as we affectionately knew her. You know, my mom was a wonderful lady, incredibly smart, Phi Beta Kappa. If you played her in a card game, you would definitely lose. She was really good, and she... Uh, she showed us so many ways the love of God for just practical actions, right, Dad? And she showed us the care and the love of God in such an amazing way. And then uh, Lizanne's mom, I mean, what, what a positive person. <laughs> Never a negative thought. I mean, she was always just joyful. And even to the end of her life, right before God took her, she was still praising God and just saying, I can't wait to go be with the Lord. And be with my Jimmy, her husband, who had gone ahead of her. What a a great woman of faith. What two great women in in my life. And, of course, my wife that transcends them all. Praise the Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Mother's Day, Mama Devi. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. Happy Mother's Day, Lizanne. And happy Mother's Day to you, moms. May you know his love. And you may be filled with continually with the love and grace of God. You know, as, as my, our moms have transitioned, transitions can be hard because it's change and it's different. And when you face transitions in your life that are hard, it's especially important that you hold on and trust the grace of God, especially that we would cry out more and more in just humble, humble childlike prayer. You know, we've been in this series called The Power of the Church. And uh, just the whole idea of in the face of persecution. And so today we're going to be seeing how the disciples, what they actually saw and how it changed them. You remember how incredible it really was. Jesus died on the cross, but not only that, he did rise again from the dead on the third day, Right? And he was with them for 40 days. We saw that a couple weeks ago in Acts 1. 40 days he taught them about the kingdom of God. And he told them just before his ascension, I'm going there and I'm going to pour my Holy Spirit out on you. And last week we saw in verses 9 through 11 that two angels appeared to the 11 and they said, why are you just standing there looking up into the sky? Look it. That same Jesus who left you is coming again soon. But until that day, go to Jerusalem and do what he said. And as we saw a couple weeks ago in Tim's sermon, 
Acts chapter 1, verse 4, go wait for the promised Holy Spirit. And so they're waiting. This, you know what it looked like? It looked like they began to pray. Now, what's interesting about the passage we're coming to today, this is before the Holy Spirit is poured out in power. And they start to believe. And they actually start to cry out to God in just simple trust. So today we're going to be looking at God's word. And if you'll look with your Bibles at Acts chapter 1 or your handhelds, this is a long passage, so stay tuned, okay? It's verses 12 through 26. And I remind you as we do often, remember this. This is God's word. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon the zealot, and Judas the son of James. All these were, with one accord, were devoting themselves to prayer, together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the brothers. The company of the persons was in all about 120 and said, Brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand, by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who were arrested Jesus, for he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in this ministry. Now this man acquired a field with the reward of his wickedness, and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle, and all his bowels gushed out. And it became known to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the field was called in their own language, Alkodama, that is, field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, may his camp become desolate and let there be no one to dwell in it and let another take his office. So one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John, until the day when he was taken up from us. One of these men must become with us a witness to his resurrection. And they put forward to Joseph called Barsabbas, and they prayed and said, and excuse me, Barsabbas, who was called Justice and Matthias. And they prayed and said, You, Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And they cast lots for them and the lot fell on Matthias and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. This is God's holy word. Thanks be to him. So today, as we come to God's word, we are seeing whether things are looking up or not looking so good in our life. We always need to pray. And church, when do we need to pray? Always. You're right, always. You know, imagine what the 11 disciples faced. 
they went through just these unbelievable moments as they went up to the upper room. They must have thought, what do you want us to do now, God? But remember, the Holy Spirit hasn't been poured out. Instead of arguing or fighting or trying to fix things on their own, they actually start to trust God and follow his instructions. They begin to pray. They begin to wait on the promise of the Holy Spirit, Acts 1-4 said. And what did the waiting look like, as I've said? It was prayer. They began in humble, urgent prayer. Now, now think about the first time that Jesus left them. You remember he was starting his leaving when he went to Gethsemane. And what did he ask his disciples to do that he brought to Gethsemane? What did he ask them to do? Be watchful and pray. But what did they do? They fell asleep. (laughs) They couldn't even stay awake. And then Jesus ultimately died. And what did they do? They panicked and fled for their own life to save themselves. But now, now, they're gathered together in a room, 120 of them, all very different people. And they're crying out in humble, urgent prayer. Wow, what a transformation, really. They saw Jesus begin to teach about prayer, praying without ceasing. Luke 6, 12 tells us in these days, he, Jesus, went out to the mountain to pray. And all night, he continued in prayer to God. And later we see in the Apostle Paul, who wrote much of the New Testament, he taught this as well in verse 1 Thessalonians 5:17 pray without ceasing when do we pray church always always you know that's the right answer you got it way to go <laughs> but it's not easy right easy in words hard in practice would you say how hard is it for to, us to To pray and constantly trust God. And that's what prayer is. It's talking about hearts that are constantly saying, I'm relying on you, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, to guide me in every thought, in every action, in every part of my life. And and so they... You might be thinking, well, these are the apostles and they could do that because, you know, they were with Jesus for all these years and they saw him face to face. But I'm not an apostle. I'm an everyday person. I can't pray like that. And if you've tried to pray or maybe you're really great at prayer, I know. I mean, even talking to my dad, he says, there's seasons in his 89 years old. And he's a man of prayer where it just gets dry. I think we all face that. We all go through times and moments where prayer is really, really hard. But Jesus is so patient and kind with us, is he not? He just keeps tenderly coaching us, encouraging us. Come on, my child. I'm going to help you. I'm praying for you. You can talk with me. You see, remember now Jesus is ascended to heaven. He's seated at the right hand of God the Father. Remember, when a rabbi would sit down in a temple or synagogue, it meant 
He was coming, he was coming with it. The high, hard fastball. He was coming with authority. At that moment when they would sit down, the rabbis were in authority. And now Jesus is seated at the right hand of God the Father. And guess what he's doing for us? Hebrews 7.27 says, what is he doing? He's praying for us. He's interceding for you right now. Mysteriously, mystically, every God can call your name and every person he loves in the planet. Wow, what an amazing God of grace. And remember, when the apostles were gently rebuked by the angels, we see this in verse 11, and they were kind of standing, looking up in heaven because Jesus had just left, and they're like, there he goes, oh no, he's our hope, he's our master. And they said, what are you doing? Stop standing there, go to Jerusalem. Trust Jesus. Wait, which meant pray. Seek, my, seek God's face. Ask him for, your, for help and he will help you. You know, we all need this kind of help in prayer to, to begin to pray, to grow in prayer. We're all powerless without his help. But with his help, ordinary people can be transformed. Our hearts can be changed. We, you and I, are you asking him, Lord, teach me to pray. Help me to pray. God, strengthen me to cry out to you. And he grants our prayers to advance his kingdom, as Mark talked about last week, that it's all about praying for not just our wants and needs, but the advancement of his kingdom. So, church, when do we pray? Always, always, through his power alone and his help and for his glory, only through him can we do that. But secondly, we see here, how do we pray? Verse 14 says, all these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. They were together. After Jesus leaves at his ascension, his followers are devoted to prayer and they do so, it says this phrase, which is one word in the original, with one accord. This word Dr. Luke uses 10 times, though it only appears two other times in all the New Testament. And in the book of Acts, we see this over and over again, this constantly coming together to trust Jesus and his authoritative teaching. And so Christ is, has actually, he has brought them together under the authority of his word. And so they come together and there's this togetherness in worship, in communion, in God's word, and in fellowship. And of course, they come together, 120 of them in this upper room, together in prayer, no longer scattered in their fears or in their own agenda. Now they are united. And it's pretty crazy to see who's united in that upper room. Do you know? There are three groups. Verses 13 and 14 tell us about that. Uh, the first group are the apostles, which are Jesus' 11 disciples minus Judas. That's a pretty tough ending he had, right? 
And then the second group are women, Jesus' mom, Mary Magdalene, and the other ladies. And the third group is Jesus' brothers. Uh, remember that Mary and Joseph, uh, Matthew 13, 55, tells us that he had at least four brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. And Jesus said that he had to go so his disciples would receive the power. And now these apostles were, were united in constant prayer with some of these women and, and these brothers. You know, a couple of notes on, on these people groups. The, the women, if you didn't know this, in that society of that day, they were, they were often looked at, hey, you're pretty powerless. Of course, we know Scripture teaches us that it affirms women and every woman as made in the image of God and equal with man. But in that culture, they, they, had, some, they had some problematic views of women. And, and also the brothers. You remember that it says about the brothers in John 7, 5, for not even his brothers believed in him. Look at Think about it. Unbelieving brothers, powerless ladies, and faithless 11. What a crew. You know, if, if you were choosing a team, would you choose that one? You know, like, give me anyone else, you know. But you know what? That gives me hope. That gives us hope. Do you see who Jesus picked? The powerless, the faithless, the unbelieving, just like many of us. It gives us hope that Jesus comes and he, he gathers together these 120 and he begins to empower them, they, they, they begin to take hope in what he actually taught them in prayer. And one application of the prayer here was how, he, um, how they amazingly followed his leading. And we see this in verses 15 through 26. In verses 15 through 26, they had a, an application to prayer was this. You need to pray so that you can trust God to be led to choose the 12th apostle to replace Judas. We see in this passage that Judas, again, he died after his, after his betrayal of Jesus. And now the apostles following Psalm 109 verse 8 were actually getting it. They were saying, yes, the scripture taught us and Jesus said, we need to replace that 12th guy. And so they begin, what do they do? How did they replace them? Verse, verse, Acts 1.24 says, and they prayed. That's how they began, and that's how they found and discovered God's gracious will. They were beginning to remember what he taught them and what he, how he chose his disciples, according to Luke chapter 6, verses 12 through 13. He began, they began to say, God, we're powerless on our own, but you are almighty God and we're trusting you to guide us. 
you know, uh, this passage, and we're not going to spend a lot of time on it, is they did uh, cast lots using Old Testament methods. But of course, this is the very last time that happens before Pentecost happens. But the point here in this passage really is they prayed together, verse 24. They asked God, please, verse 24, please show us your choice. And they trusted God to lead them in this decision-making. Are we doing that in our lives? You know, do you make it a point to pray with others? If you're uh, married here today, husbands, are you leading your wife, your kids in prayer? I know this is a hard one because it's been hard for me, right? It's, it's, you know, some years ago, Lizanne and I started to pray this way. We'd go on a walk and the first half, we'd talk, catch up. The second half, going back to home, we'd pray back and forth. Little short nuggets, And that helped us to get a structure to pray. It's hard to pray. I think it's one of the hardest places to pray is in your home and for you guys to lead your ladies to do that and your children. But God's called us. That's what it means to be the chief servant in your home. That's part of it. And this isn't coming with any condemnation or like, uh, this isn't any about any pride about, hey, I do this well, or I don't do this well. It's about us coming to realize, guess what? Without God's help, we are powerless. But as we cry out and say, God of all power, help us, he loves to answer those prayers. He loves to fill you with himself. He loves to help you to grow in prayer. And so today, church, it's not just pull yourself up by your bootstraps and go pray. It's go. Acknowledge your weakness and trust the all-powerful God. Pray, Lord, give me your power Teach me to pray. You see, also, if you pray only when you need a circumstance fixed, it might be a good indicator light that, hmm, let's pray. Let's pray first and foremost. Lord, your kingdom be advanced. Help us in the good times and the bad. Yeah, help me with my circumstances. They're yours but help me in every moment of my life to bring you praise. You know why? Because we sung it earlier. You're worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all. So today, church, you know, you're a beautiful, you're a beautiful group, but without Jesus, you're not such a great team. But with him, with him, we can learn to pray. We can grow in receiving the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to see more about that next week. And as we go to communion this morning, I just want you to take some time of
personal and corporate confession and pray this, Lord, I'm powerless without you. Teach me to rely on your power to pray. Let's go to him as we come to the Lord's Supper. Do the work of the church now. Cry out to ask for power for him to help you. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at thevinecc. Have a great week.